All right, this is Steve Van Cura, Bread of Life Bible Study. Uh, we are doing some studies on sin, transgression, and iniquity, uh, on demons and deliverance, uh, on the flesh. All right, these are all very closely related because um, they represent the, the sin nature and how uh, the complications, or just say the curse of sin, can affect an individual, a family. And, um, you know, Jesus came to win back the freedom that we lost due to sin. All right, so uh, now, as I mentioned in a, the pre previous lesson, that um, a major part of Jesus' ministry in the earth was uh, casting out demons. Matthew 4.23 says, Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every manner of disease and sickness among the people. And the people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those with severe pain, who were demon-possessed, having seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them all. Now, uh, every single person who was demon-possessed or sick or had an infirmity or something of that sort, every time they came to Christ, uh, they were, he always ministered to their needs. All right, now I'm going to open with a quick prayer. Father God, I just ask you to open up the scriptures, Father. Father, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life to those that find them, Father. And Father, I just thank you that um, they bring life. Your words touched and motivated and activated by the Holy Spirit, Father, become living seed planted in our hearts, Father, with power to produce faith and action, Lord, the, to change us into your likeness, because every seed bears after its kind. And the word of God is the good seed, just as the words of the devil are evil and bad seed. Father, open our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, as I said, I mean, there are many. If I read all the scriptures about Jesus casting out demons, I mean, that's, uh, there's a bunch of them, a bunch of them. Now, uh, Jesus, when he was training his disciples, um, you know, he taught them. The Bible says, behold, uh, that Jesus said to his disciples, behold, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Serpents and scorpions are types, in a sense, of uh, demon entities, demons, all right? In the last lesson, we talked about where demons come from, all right? That when fallen angels, called the sons of God, uh, took wives uh, for themselves from the daughters of men, all right, and had sex with them. Now, that may sound so fantastic, it's just, wait a second now. But throughout human history and antiquity, virtually every civilization, they have what many people call myths, myths, mythology. And of course, when somebody calls something a myth, that means, well, it's probably not really true. But, you know, a whole lot of people say that Jesus himself and the whole gospel and, you know, the death on the cross is all a big myth, you know, didn't really happen, you know. Uh, so, uh, but the reality is the scripture tells us that these fallen angels who rebelled against God did in fact come to the earth and sired uh, through human women something called the Nephilim, the fallen ones. They were giants. They were enormous, powerful. Uh, 
you know. And we said that when God, the Bible says that, uh, that God saw that the, uh, every thought and intent of his heart was only evil continually. We're talking about mankind on the earth. After those fallen angels came down and mixed their seed with the daughters of men, that the whole human race became quickly corrupt. And God said, uh, you know, I'm going to destroy all flesh. I'm going to destroy it all because it's all corrupted. And so uh, the reason he's going to destroy them is because their seed is corrupted. All right. Now remember, Genesis 3, 5 talks about two kinds of seed. The seed of the woman, all right, which is speaking of the future virgin birth of Christ from Mary. All right. And the seed of the serpent, which are the offspring of the devil. And uh, God said that, uh, there is, that he places enmity, that's discord, that's war, between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Okay? Now, if you and I are born again, then we become seed of the woman because that, uh, the word of God is conceived in us, uh, which is Christ. All right? And so we become the seed of the woman. But guess what? We are at war with the seed of the serpent, okay? Which are these demon spirits down here. And remember, we said that when a fallen angel, I'm sorry, when a, a Nephilim, the giants that are the hybrids of the fallen angels, when they die, such as in the flood, their spirits remain around. Even though the body is dead, gone, okay? But the spirit of that, uh, Nephilim of that giant is still in the earth, all right? And it's a spirit being. And, and for it to operate in a physical realm, it has to get inside of a physical being, okay? So that's why uh, demon spirits, each of which have corrupt personalities of some kind, they all have a, a, a nature, such as maybe it's lust, maybe it's violence, maybe it's murder, maybe it's uh, whatever, okay? But uh, if for them to operate, they have to get inside a person. So there is this war. Remember we said it's enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. So what happens is these demon spirits out there, they try their best to tempt uh, a man or a woman to uh, disobey God, disobey the commandments, and, and in the process, as a person yields to that temptation, at some point they, they do it multiple times and deliberately, and eventually by responding over and over again to one of these tempting demon spirits, that demon spirit begins on the outside but can come then on the inside of that person. And they become... Uh, well, the Bible calls it demon-possessed, but we'll just say demonized, okay? Because a Christian, uh, once you're born again, the Spirit of Christ is in your holy of holies. That is, in your, uh, in your spirit, okay? At that point, you are born again, but you are still uh, subject to temptation of the devil, all right? Or, uh, you know, of these demon spirits. And so we all know if you're a born-again Christian, you know you can be tempted, all right, and you can slip and fall and you can do things you wish you didn't do. Uh, you know, like Paul said, who will deliver me from this body of death? Okay, uh, because even after we're born again, even though our spirit is saved, uh, our flesh is still corrupt. And the whole Christian life 
and the promises of God are designed uh, as we are obedient to them and we respond to the grace and mercy of God, then God slowly and surely begins to crucify the flesh. And uh, so we're delivered from this bondage of sin. Okay, uh, that's called sanctification, sanctification. All right. Now, so um, since so many times the Israelites, uh, remember the Israelites were sent to go to the promised land and to take the land. And if you re read the stories in Joshua, for example, that when they, they uh, sent in some spies, remember, to look at the land, look at the land of Canaan, to, to see uh, if it was a land flowing with milk and honey, if it was all that God promised it was, okay? And remember they said, oh yeah, it's, it's a land that flows with milk and honey, it's wonderful, on and on. But you remember there were 12 spies, one from each tribe, and 10 of the 12 spies that went in said, oh yeah, it's a wonderful place, but, but, that's, oh boy, that's a big word, isn't it? But there are giants in the land. All right, and we are like grasshoppers in our sight and their sight. All right, therefore their conclusion was, well, we can't take the land. It's too hard. We can't do it. Okay, now God had already said, I've given you the land. Now go take it. I've given you the land. And you remember uh, Joshua and Caleb says, we are well able. Let's go, you know. But the 10 uh, doubters, the 10 fearful Tribe, tribes people, they convinced the whole rest of, of the Jewish kingdom, okay, uh, or I should say of the Hebrew, Hebrew peoples, that it's too hard. Those giants are too big and we can't do it. All right? Doubt and unbelief is contagious. So as a consequence, uh, the, the people collectively said, we cannot enter the land. It's too hard. The giants are too big. We will die in the wilderness. Now, here's what God said. All right, I'm going to give you exactly what you said. In other words, you're going to die in the wilderness. And it wasn't until 40 years later that Joshua and Caleb then uh, brought the people into the promised land, into Canaan. Now, here uh, is what the instructions were from God. Remember, they were giants. Where did the giants come from? The fallen angels. Okay, so are they good or bad? They are evil. So they worship the gods of Canaan. And what are they? Fallen angels. Fallen angels. That's who they are. And, and uh, these people were evil. Uh, and uh, so they were enemies to God because they worship false gods. Okay, and, and Joshua told the people, he said, we are... Uh, God said to kill every last one of them. Go in there and don't spare anybody. Kill the men, the women, the children, the animals, you know, and um, kill them all. Now, the reason is, is because they now were, could not be saved. They could not be saved because their seed was corrupt. They were corrupt, all right? Remember, there's good seed and bad seed, all right? And, and so this is hard to understand unless we kind of get a better grasp on what, what uh, Scripture says. We can't come to conclusions uh, just based on a few Scriptures or limited understanding. The Bible always explains itself, okay? Always, all right? 
So, but we have to spend time uh, looking through the scriptures and, uh, and uh, spend some time with the Holy Spirit to let him show us what all this means. Okay. So, but, so um, now because of these people, because of the Israelites, God told them not to intermarry. Remember that? Why? Because there's corrupt seed there. Okay. He told them not to worship their gods. Why? Because they're fallen angels. Okay. And he told them not to pick up the practices of these uh, evil tribes, okay, the Canaanites, all right, uh, because they are cursed. They're cursed, okay? So if um, what happened is that over time, uh, the Hebrews, many of them, the Israelites, begin to fall away from God, begin to pick up some of these uh false religions, you might say, and begin to worship false gods. And guess what happens? They became corrupt. All right. Now, remember, um, in a previous lesson, we talked about uh, sin, transgression, and iniquity. And we talked about cursings and blessings. Uh, curses always, always come from disobedience. Blessings always come from obedience. Okay. Uh, Moses said one time, he said, I call heaven and earth as a witness before you this day that I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose life. All right. Now, so choosing life is to turn to God. Okay. In the New Testament, there was a scripture that says, repent then. That means to turn away from what you've been doing, turn away from sin, turn away from doing things that are unacceptable to God. So here it is. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Okay, So um, you and I have to make decisions every single day, virtually every minute of every day, you know, to follow God, to obey His commands. Sometimes we mess up, slip up, you know, but the Bible uh, in 1 John, for example, it says, I write these things unto you, my children, that you not sin. But if we sin, we have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Okay, So we all mess up sometimes, but we need to keep close accounts with God, immediately ask for forgiveness. We do not, there's another scripture that says, do not give the devil a foothold. Well, what's, what's that? That means if I start listening to that demon spirit on the outside and begin more and more and more, you know, to obey those temptations, okay, to feed my flesh in a sense, which is sinful, uh, which is disobedience, okay? Every time I disobey God and obey the demon, demonic temptation, guess what? I'm giving place to the devil, all right? I'm giving him a foothold, all right, uh, so that it becomes easier and easier over time for me to fall for his temptations and disobey God. And I end up getting further and further and further from God. But remember, the consequences of sin is uh, a curse, a curse, okay? So um, it's important to understand that we will reap the consequences, okay? It might be sickness, it might be who knows, okay? There are many kinds of curses, but the curses are like a spanking that a father gives a child you know, to wake you back up again and listen, all right? And that, that the Bible calls that discipline, okay? Uh, curses are a type of discipline. There's a scripture that says, you know, uh, 
Do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. For the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. All right, now good father or mother, you know, if a kid acts up and let's just say, you know, not just slip up, but I'm saying willfully disobeys. Okay, well, sometimes you have to have the, the uh, Board of Education applied to your seat of understanding, if you know what I mean, okay? Uh, and uh, a spanking. I mean, I know the liberals today, they, they don't think anybody ought to spank anybody, but I'm telling you what, you spare the rod, you spoil the child. That's what, what the Bible teaches, okay? So uh, God does the same thing. He loves you so much that when you start slipping away from Him, He's going to wake you up. He's going to cause things to happen. He's going to knock you off your tricycle. He's, you're going to fall on your face and you're going to realize, uh-oh, I'm going down the wrong way. You know, but all of these things, the, 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 it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Now, you may have to understand that God's love will not let you just keep running into sin. Now, at some point, you know, he, God does not take away your will, all right? Just like a parent, um, you know, can't absolutely force you to always be a good boy or a good girl, okay? Uh, you, you can hunker down and just be rebellious, uh, but you're going to reap some consequences, okay? It got, uh, the relationship with God is the same way. It's the same way. All right, so, but um, now, so in other words, I guess what I'm trying to say is that when Jesus came to the earth, you wonder what in the world happened that all of these People in Israel had demons. I mean, they were everywhere. I mean, it was like one-third of Jesus' ministry, okay? Well, it was because, like I said, that these, uh, the Israelites had, had uh, uh, fallen into sin. They were worshiping other gods. We read throughout the Bible all the time, you know, like even Solomon, supposed to be the wisest man in the world, uh, but yet the Bible says he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And they were all pagan wives, or a big share of them. And, and the Bible says that those pagan wives led Solomon's heart astray. And Solomon began to build altars to false gods. Ashtaroth, okay, Moloch, all right. Solomon himself began to sacrifice his own kids. You know, can you imagine that? You know, man, that's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. But you know... People in America do it all the time. They call it abortion, but it's still sacrificing your kids. You know, the kid's life doesn't matter, but that life is God's life, all right? He's the one that conceived that little baby, all right? And uh, human hardness of heart and arrogance uh, gets in the way sometimes. We think, well, it's just inconvenient to have a, a baby. You know, or uh, gosh, it costs too much money or whatever else like that, you know. Uh, but I'm saying that that is rebellion. That, that is living like the world, all right? And uh, uh, that does not make God happy. That does not make God happy. So, so anyway, so when Jesus entered, came as the Messiah, uh, a very big part of his ministry was casting out demons. 
and he trained his disciples to lay their hands on the sick that they would recover. He gave them a commission. He said, go on, he said, the things that I do shall you do also. And even greater things than these shall you do because I go unto the Father. And that great commission was to, you know, to lay hands on the sick and they recover, cast out demons, raise the dead. You know, if you handle any serpents or, uh, you know, any poisonous things that uh, it will not harm you. This represents uh, demonic entities or corruption. Okay. Uh, and they shall speak in new tongues. Uh, God spoke, or Jesus, I should say, taught a supernatural ministry. This is important to understand. Not, not, not something we do in our own strength or power. This is important to understand. Jesus himself said, of myself, I can do nothing. Well, what are you talking about? He's the son of God. He went about doing all kinds of miracles. Now, what, what in the world? He, he said, of myself, I can do nothing. And he told the disciples, the flesh profiteth nothing. You don't, you can't do anything, all right, uh, in the power or strength of the flesh. In fact, there's an Old Testament scripture that says, cursed is the man that leans on the arm of the flesh. In other words, trying to be your own strength, your own power. But here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, the words that I speak, these aren't my words. I only say what I hear the Father say. All right, it's the Father. And he said, these miracles that I do, that's not me. It's the Father in me that doeth the works. So when he would, by his word, cast out demons, command a demon spirit to leave a person, what he was saying was, the words that I spoke that have all the power, it's not my words. No, it's the Holy Ghost. It's the Father inside of me. All right? And, and the same thing when he would uh, lay hands on the sick and the power of God would flow and people would be healed. The, the lame would walk. You know, that, but Jesus made it very clear. He said, I can't, it's not me that's doing this, okay? And he taught the disciples the same thing. Jesus commanded the disciples to go out in his name. This is called the Great Commission. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And these signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Uh, they shall speak in new tongues, okay? Uh, they'll cast out demons. And if they drink uh, or handle any deadly thing or serpents, it will not harm them, okay? So um, it's uh, important to understand. But So he gave them the authority, the authority. But, here's what's important. He then said, But tarry ye first in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. Power. Okay, so we're talking about two different things here. Authority and power. Authority and power. All right? Authority is something human beings have here on earth. All right? Uh, remember when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them dominion over the earth and all the creatures therein. Mankind has um, authority to take dominion on the earth. All right? But when Adam and Eve sinned, the power behind that dominion was no longer God, but became the devil. So now their purposes were corrupted, and they now serve the devil. All right? Now, so, but Jesus, remember, he had the authority. Remember, he, he would command the wind and the waves to be still. Remember, there was a big storm on the lake, lake uh, you know, the 
Sea of Galilee, big storm, all right? And the disciples were scared spitless, okay? And they woke up Jesus, who was in the stern of the boat, and he stood up and he says, Oh, ye of little faith, where's your faith? In other words, he was telling them, you could have done something about this. But the Bible says that he commanded the wind to be still and the waves to be calm. How did he do that? With words. The way authority is always exercised with words. With a word, Jesus cast out demons. With a word, he would command the lame to walk. With a word, he would command um, you know, somebody with leprosy to be healed. Okay? He would command the deaf to hear. He would command the, the blind to see. You know, so it, with words, he exercised his authority. But where did his power come from? Remember, there's two, there are two different things. Authority is one thing. Power is another thing. But remember, he said, of myself, I can do nothing. You know, I only do what I hear the Father doing. Those are the words that he speaks. But he said, the power comes from the Father in him. And the same thing is true when Jesus gave the Great Commission to the disciples. He told them to, you know, he gave them basically power of attorney. He said, the things that I do shall you do also. All right. So he said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, and you're going to have all these miracles. You do them in my name. But he said, but first tarry or wait in Jerusalem till you get the power. So in other words, there's two steps here. Two steps. All right. He first gave them the authority. But until they get the power, doesn't mean anything. Okay. Uh, and Paul one time said, I did not come to you with enticing words of men with, men's wisdom, but with the Holy Ghost and with power, so that your faith would not be based on the wisdom or words of men, but on God. Okay? Uh, mankind can't do anything without God. All right? Jesus couldn't do anything without God, all right? The same thing is true for us. The same is true. All right, so anyway, uh, it's part of our commission to fight against demonic forces, to learn about this whole process. Uh, part of our commission is to uh, cast out demons, all right? And uh, I would suggest you look some of these other videos up, learn more about what demons are, what they can do. Uh, it's important to know what demons can do to Christians and also what Christians can do to demons. We've been given the name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of beings in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. He ha we have the highest authority when we're born of Christ and He is in us. That's why He said, the things that I do will you do also. And even greater things than these shall you do because I go unto the Father. If we're filled with the Holy Ghost, as was Paul, then there's power because God watches over His Word to perform it. All right, now I'm going to close with a blessing. Father God, I just thank you for these, your people, Father. I ask you to fill them with your Holy Spirit, Father. Just fill their uh, minds with supernatural revelation knowledge, Father, that they begin to understand more and more of the Scriptures and of the mandate 
and authority you've given from heaven, Lord. Uh, thank you for your goodness to your people. Uh, give them a hunger, a hunger for the word of God, Father. Spend time with you in prayer that you may impart your likeness to them. In Jesus' name, amen.